What's going on, everyone? Welcome back into Forward Progress. Week 14 recap and a week 15 look ahead with myself, Rob Bazzola, and Clive Bixby, powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. Clive, good to have you back. Hopefully you had an enjoyable NFL Sunday. Um, I did from a betting perspective, but also just like, man, uh, it's a privilege to be able to bet and watch this league. It's... (laughs) I mean, so much interesting happened. I'm like, the 1 o'clock slate probably isn't going to be all that great. There's not a ton of games I'm interested in. Uh, I had a bet on Detroit, which we'll get into when we talk about what what I got really wrong. And then uh, it turned out to just be absolute mayhem again. It's the NFL. Yep. Uh, It ended with absolute mayhem in Kansas City, Buffalo, which is fresh in my mind. And we should probably just start there before we get into anything else. Because it was like the marquee matchup of the slate today and turned out to be a pretty damn good game. I just I have like this this feeling that I can't shake of even though Buffalo won the game, like this coaching regime, this whatever's going on with this org, it's it's not it. Like everybody's gonna focus on Kansas City, which I think is deserved. Like Kansas City's kind of plummeted, their offense has gone downhill. Kadarius Tony, like who knows if he even has a job tomorrow. A guy might get cut for lining up offsides and whatever. But I couldn't help but shake like the entire game. I'm just thinking to myself, Buffalo, like how is this a game? Like why is this a game? How are they blowing this? Including like the two-minute clock management at the end and everything about it. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like everyone wants to jump on the Bills bandwagon right now because they're in that seven and six mix. And they could find their way in the playoffs and they'll be a dangerous team. But I I just don't see it. Like there's something that's wrong, fundamentally wrong with that team, where even in games where they play really well and they should win handily, like today, in my opinion, it's just like a massive sweat and they find a way to make it extremely close. I don't know what your thoughts were overall on that game, but to me, that was two teams that honestly are probably a little bit overrated like both of them i got you muted here clive sorry you might have mashed your mute oh there we go um so i threw out a floater on uh, a bill's future earlier this week because i had a uh, they were one of the games that i really liked this week was was the bills and i thought you know if they get it done today this really sets them up um you know to get in the playoffs and make some noise i thought the price was was good What I continue to see out of the Bills and and what I think you're alluding to is like they're continuously at the bottom end of what it looks like they should be doing, right? Like this game should have been a couple of possession win and it's week after week and week of this. You see good stats. You see good EPA on offense and defense is, is, is an average defense, even given the injuries they have. You'd think they'd be better and they're just not getting what they should out of their team yeah now their defense has been playing better overall and they came out of the bye week with a mostly healthy defense micah hyde gets hurt today he had that stinger he's down on the ground you know trembling shaking it didn't look good for him we'll see what his status is for next week but for me the bills earlier in the year they were playing their game like their style of play and it seems to me like they've really neutered this offense in the hopes that Josh Allen just won't make mistakes and they won't make mistakes. But again, we see a mistake that he makes today. He still has that play in him where like he's scrambling to his right. He's about to go out of bounds, you know, 
his, his heels are almost on the line and he just chucks it up downfield and it turns into something. But it feels hard, like it feels a lot to me, like they're just trying to avoid the big mistake and play some type of game. And I don't, I don't think that's the best solution for them in the long run. No, they've been on the wrong side of variance, um, but that's what this is. It's variance, and they're trying to eliminate the variance out of their game, and they're not maximizing who they are and what they could be doing. You know, they're they're on the wrong end of the distribution of some of the stuff that's happened this season with turnover luck, et cetera. I, I get that, but like we talk about, you want to maximize your chance at winning, and they're not necessarily doing that. And I think Sean McDermott tried to overcorrect late in the game by trying to, you know, pass the ball and, and try and get in the end zone, but that's where you don't want that. It's like you're misapplying what you need to be doing to maximize your wins. That's exactly it. Like it just feels like they're always doing the wrong things at the wrong time. And it's weird because like they won today. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs on the road at Arrowhead as a small underdog. And we should be singing their praises. And, you know, I had Buffalo in some teasers today and whatever, but I'm just watching the game and I'm like, it just doesn't. I, I would take the bills that went to Arrowhead and like, blew the game with 20 seconds left because they, you know, they did that stupid, you know, like they kicked off improperly basically. And they let the chiefs go down the field. Like I'd take that bills team. That's aggressive going for the end zone. Then this current bills team, I don't think that they have the defense to play this style of play, but you know, as milf hunter says, playing not to lose frequently leads to losing. And, and, And that's kind of how I feel with it. But, the Chiefs are in an animal of their own. Like, I, I don't know what's going on in the NFL this year, Clive. But like, so many of these teams just have a penchant for like blowing games in the most preposterous ways. Problem. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> the Kadarius Tony thing was was pretty ridiculous because I, I mean I didn't see it at the snap. I didn't. I'm like, what, what could they possibly just call? And then you know Kelsey's throwing the ball across the field. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? That was amazing. That was an amazing play. Okay. I'm interested in the chat's perspective on this, right? Because Kadarius Tony is is offside on that play. He lined up offside. However, I I personally believe that that happens like 20 times a game. Now, that's not to excuse him. All he has to do is look over at the ref, which most wide receivers are taught to do, and, and basically ask the ref, like, am I lined up? Am I yeah. fine? And if the ref says, okay, okay. That's basically all you have to do to cover your bases. But like that play seems to happen so often that I, I'm honestly floored it was called. I, I'm really surprised that that was called. Now you you call that right away, so you don't have the luxury of the uh, like the ref doesn't have the luxury of seeing what the play is going to amount sure. to. But I'm sure if that play, if they knew it was going to amount to like an incredible touchdown down the field, I don't know that that necessarily would have been thrown personally. Chiefs don't get all the calls. Yeah. Um, but it it was. I think what we're seeing with a lot of the teams that we're used to being like powerhouses, KC, Buffalo, Philly, even Baltimore, like they are not as good as what their former perception was. And I think they still get priced in the market still to what they used to be. Like we're not all the way to where I think they should be yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, as, as weird as it sounds, I still actually have hope for the chiefs in the playoffs I, I do feel like there's going to be a time. I, I mean, it's it's dumb that I say this because we're in week 14 and the offense hasn't gotten it together. But I still hold out hope that they can figure it out. 
Now they're going to have to go on the road in a lot of these games, and who knows what that's been like because Mahomes has been playing all these home games basically throughout the playoffs. But um, I'm going to be looking at some Chiefs prices this week. Let's just put it that way. I, I, I really like the defense, and, and the offense does not have to be amazing because the defense now is finally really good, that it just has to get to a level above what it is now. Yeah, so so that's, that's kind of what my point was about to be. It's almost like um... – Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl, and I'm not comparing Mahomes to Manning. I'm comparing the composition of the, the teams. So what Manning went to the Super Bowl with against Seattle, wicked, amazing offense, and they got slaughtered by a great defense. Manning finally gets that really great defense, and he plays really subpar in the Super Bowl, and he gets it done. You could see that happening with the Chiefs this year because I don't think there's a very good two-way team in the AFC other than could be Buffalo if they're if they're healthy on defense and playing okay. So you're right. It's that playoff experience and having that defense might be enough to get back to the Super Bowl. There's just not a lot separating these teams. Like There's Baltimore not. fucking around again today. Miami is like Miami is solid, but they don't really have a track record. You know, they, they have that they've had games this year where the explosive plays have been shut down and they couldn't win. One of them was against the Chiefs. When they played overseas as well, the defense has some injuries. I, I don't think there's like a super complete team in the AFC, and that's why this might be a buy low point on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, before we recap the rest of the day, get into next week's games, I want to ask people for two things. Number one, smash that like button down below very quickly. Let's get the likes up on this stream in real time. YouTube filters up, filters us more traffic when we get the likes up. So take two seconds, smash that like button down below. If you're not already subbed here on Forward Progress, hit that sub button down below as well. Second thing, I will respectfully ask everyone, and I will never, I'll normally never do this. I'll normally never do this. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Doing a live show during a Dallas Cowboys game tonight. An extremely important game in which I don't even know what the hell I'm rooting for because I bet the Eagles, I have some money on the over. I want Dallas to win. I'm basically rooting for a Dallas 31 to 28 final. That would be very, very nice for me. But I'm not going to watch the game live. And I'm going to focus here on previewing next week with Clive in order to not get distracted here. So if you can, please just refrain from dropping touchdowns and stuff like that in the comments because I plan to finish this stream and then go watch the Cowboys game in full, in solidarity with a bottle of whiskey and we'll see what happens. So please, if you can do that, that would be very much appreciated. It is what it is. I should put that in my banner for later. That should probably be the banner. Yeah. Zach, maybe um, we'll get a no spoilers banner up or something like that every now and then. And please no cowboy spoilers, but all right, let's get into it. Clive uh, in terms of a little bit of a recap. So we do the same thing every week where we kind of start with, uh, patting ourselves on the back. It's nice when you get things right. So I'll give you the floor, Clive, for today. Pat yourself on the back. Something that you thought was going to happen this week that ultimately wound up happening. Uh, well, I know we already talked about the Chiefs, so I will go away from that. And I will say that Tampa Bay and the Atlanta game was able to put up some serious points today. Um, and. I'll give a second one. Carolina sucks, and they weren't going to score much against the Saints, period. Those were the two. Man, the Carolina offense, again, like 
the Saints won by 22 points today, and they had 207 yards of total offense. Like, Bryce Young is terrible. This is the second week in a row that Carolina has actually been able to successfully run the ball. They're running the ball really well. They have no passing game. Like, I don't understand what people... I know they covered last week against the Bucs. They needed a two-point conversion to do it. I don't understand what people see in the Panthers as like a bettable team where they have to keep a game close. I mean, Mickey, I was just about to bring this right up right now. They were one for seven on fourth down today. They cannot pass the ball. So that's, a. I mean, that's ultimately a great read, Clive, on your end. The Tampa-Atlanta game, uh, I, I think we were both in play on the over in that game, which was nice. I was hoping A.J. Terrell would be out. He ended up not being out. It seemed to not matter, although it was a sweat towards the end. Uh, the Bucks still do stupid things, like they had nine players on the field for the Bijan Robinson <laughs> touchdown. They still do s- some stuff like that, but uh, ultimately, yeah. I mean, uh, the Falcons' offense was—I I honestly don't even really know how the Falcons lost today. I think if somebody was just to pull up like the box score of that game and look at it and and hide the score, you'd be like, uh, "What happened here? How did the Bucks win this game?" A hundred percent. And and if you look at Mayfield's numbers. I think 40 or 50 of his yards came from a, a screen pass that ended up going to the house uh, either late first half or early second half. Sorry, I don't remember. Um, but Mayfield was not good statistically at all today. He, he Until the last time. He, he has like um, – he gets he gets railroaded by like their their play calling. Play call, oh, sure. They're, they're just like – they're just a dumb team. Uh-huh. They, they just are, and they force him to do too much on third downs. But uh, Young Way Koo is the reason the Falcons lost. Let's call it like he's been very, very successful kicker for them for a while. But dude missed two field goals today. They're longer field goals, whatever. That's what cost them the game. Because at the end of the day, you break down that box score. You look at the two games Atlanta played against Tampa this year. Looks like box score domination. 16-13, first game was a win for Atlanta. Desmond Ritter with the fumble out the end zone. There was three fumbles in that game, three turnovers. Um, And ultimately, today, you look at that game, and they're probably scratching their head wondering why or how they lost. Um, For me, Clive, I'm going to pat my – I had a great day. You know what? This is going to be a very arrogant day for me, but people should celebrate their wins. I'm a big believer. You're, you know, you're going to have those NFL Sundays, and I've had them many times this year. When I come and I'm sitting here on the show, I've had a horrible day. I've lost a lot of money. You're in a shit mood. You're trying to figure out what went wrong. Today was a great day for me. Almost everything went right for me today, including the Raiders somehow generating a push because Minnesota opted for the pooch punt <laughs> at the end of the game there. Like, I, I could not catch more breaks today. I'm very thankful. But for me, the one thing that stands out to me in terms of like perfect handicap today was the Cleveland Jacksonville game and exactly how the market would react for the entirety of this week and getting the absolute best possible number on the Cleveland Browns. Once the market bottomed out on the Trevor Lawrence news playing against that news. That's not to say like uh, Lawrence didn't look bad today. He was trying to scramble. His mobility was not terrible, But ultimately, I never felt like Cleveland was in danger of losing that game. They got up early. They led wire to wire. There's a lot of turnovers, a lot of chaos, four for Jacksonville, three for Cleveland. But uh, for me, that was just like almost the perfect handicap 
in that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of money on Jacksonville once this this quarterback news gets announced. We're going to go through three. You might as well hold off that Cleveland at post or late, and it worked out really well. Yeah, there were there were minus one tens and minus one fifteens out there today at one point off of the news. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this is not where this number is going to end up, and it is not going to keep steaming in this direction. So, I, I mean, I know we talk about betting early. And it is super important, but there are times too where if you can read the market and and know where there's going to be overreactions to certain news, you know, those are things that, you know, as you get towards the intermediate and advanced levels, you learn to take advantage of. All right. Uh, That's enough of me patting myself on the back. We do have to call ourselves morons for something this week, Clive. Oh, I'll throw to you first. Yeah. I I mean, so in the opposite where I expected the market to continue to continue to come towards Detroit, that happened today. So I ended up getting a minus three even money. And uh, that looked good for about six minutes in the second quarter. And then the second half started and it was just absolutely brutal. Just such a terrible game by Detroit on both sides of the ball. Just really, really bad. Detroit feels like a broken team now, don't they? Like, they feel like yeah. how I felt about the Chiefs entering this week, where, like, they there's just something that's not working for them. I mean, there's a lot not working for them, let's be honest. Jared Goff looks like a pumpkin all of a sudden. <laughs> The, yeah. the coaching staff seems to have no faith in Goff. They're running on like third and seven, third and five, whatever, just to like make these fourth downs shorter for him. And the defense, I mean, it wasn't a bad defense, defensive performance today. Chicago's success rate wasn't super high. They just had a lot of explosive plays. Yeah. But it, it, it feels overall like just the luster has has completely worn off of that team. A hundred percent. I mean, Goff had a negative EPA, serious success rate of 59%. Uh, I don't have their fourth down numbers in front of me. That didn't look good. They had they had no situations where there were positive EPA per play today. Runs, late passes, early runs, late passes. Does It didn't matter. Just nothing mattered. And there were times where they couldn't get off the field. And the one thing you can't let the Bears do is let Justin Fields – extend drives. And then they let that happen. I'm like, you have so many other guys that you should let beat you before you let that happen. And it felt, felt poorly coached too, to be honest. They've never been able to stop this. Like fields always runs for a million yards against them every game. And they just cannot seem to figure out how to not make that happen. But I'm, I'm looking at the Lions' schedule. So they had that, that Monday night performance against the Raiders where they won 26, 14. That was the night before Halloween, October 30th. And then they had their bye week. Since their bye week, they beat the Chargers in a very high-scoring game, 41-38. That win does not look so great now with what we know about the Chargers. Then they beat the Bears at home in a game where they traded for the majority of the game and the Bears kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. Then they got smoked at home by the Packers on Thanksgiving. They had extra rest for the Saints last week. They won 33-28 after blowing a 21 nothing lead, I would argue that they would have lost that game if Derek Carr did not get hurt in that game. Although that's debatable, but either way, very sweaty win. And mm-hmm. then today they lose at the Bears. It's been a five-week mediocrity stretch for the Lions. And 
I don't know that there's a solution. They're missing their starting center, Frank Rag. Now, other than that, though, it's not like this is like a decimated team on the injury report or anything like that. So, so what team would you rather have right now? If you, like you could have a team the rest of the way, like who looks better, Detroit or Green Bay? Jordan Love is on an upswing. Um, yeah. Green Bay looks better, but like Green Bay also has like these perpetual injuries. Christian Watson has like the the Debo Samuel, Darren Waller soft tissue injuries that j- might just never go away. Jair Alexander is not going to play again tomorrow night. He's been dealing with bad backs. So I still would make Detroit favored yep. over Green Bay on a neutral, but we're, we're starting to get like the gap it's is just emerging. really shrinking where you actually have, like you think back to early in the year, I think it was week three where they played on Thursday night football and the lions just fucking hammered Green Bay. It was like embarrassing that these are not the same teams now, like not even close. No, it went from here to like now Green Bay is here. They're in probably the middle of the pack from a power rating perspective, roughly, maybe a little above. And then Detroit, where you thought that they were actually going to be a little bit better on defense and they had that game breaking offense. And now both sides of the ball look worse. Well, I'll tell you this, like just checking out unpredictable now and market power ratings, it looks like the market values Detroit at like three points better than Green Bay on neutral. I don't think I'm quite that high. I don't yeah. like I don't, I don't do power ratings like that. But to me, the gap between those teams is is a little bit smaller than that. Same. Yeah. Like I, I the only team I think you could really feel good about in terms of what their power ranking is to the market that they keep achieving that level for the most part is San Francisco. Like everybody else feels pretty flawed towards the top of the market. Right. Right. Uh, we'll get into more games here. Tommy's asking me about a game sync. Guys, I'm not watching the game live tonight. Uh, I'm going to watch it in full afterwards. Focus tonight is going to be on looking ahead to next week. Listen, I can't stop you from posting in the chat. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, I do like to read the chat, though, top to bottom and get as many comments into the screen and talk about them as possible. So if we can refrain from spoilers tonight, that would be much appreciated. But uh, to each their own, do what you got to do. Uh, I, I won't stop you if you do want to post. Uh, I'll keep okay, waiting the chat too so that we can pick up and you don't have to look quite as much. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we're waiting for Pinnacle to post here. Usually they're up within the next five to 10 minutes or so uh, for the upcoming week. So while we have time, let's go through some other games today. Um, I'm particularly interested in your thoughts on the Rams and the Ravens. Ravens end up winning the game 37-31 in overtime. But um, I, I like the Rams, a lot of the detractors of the Rams have been saying now for a while, uh, the schedule's been easy for the past few weeks. I mean, last week they beat Joe Flacco. The week before it was Arizona. The week before that they needed a, a you know, basically Geno Smith to get injured and Drew Locke to come in. It looked like a very, very competitive football game today between the Rams and the Ravens. Like, not one that was a fluke that the Rams hung around. Like, they deservedly were in that game from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I, I've i been down on the Rams' defense, and I think justifiably so, but I have not gotten to the point where everybody else is on the Rams' offense, and I'm, I'm not shocked, but – I'm starting to come around. I mean, it's getting hard to disagree with how Stafford's playing and using, you know, 
Cup and and Puka. So like, I I I can't deny that. Now, do I think they're a team that could really threaten if they manage to get to a postseason? Not really, but they're better than I thought, and they're probably I was lower on them than the market, and they're the market's right and I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I think for me the big thing is the addition of Kyron Williams, like yep. getting him back into the lineup. They have a legit running game because yep. the thing today was okay, the weather wasn't as bad as was been like previously anticipated over the course of the week, but like it was still not great. It was raining for a lot of the game, it was a little bit windy. There was a lot going on there, right? But yep. The, the running game, like that was thought to be the advantage that the Ravens have in the game. It was thought to be that, oh, the weather's going to be bad. Well, the Ravens are better at both lines of scrimmage. They have the running game. They have the mobile quarterback. And it, it, it wasn't like that. Like the Ravens couldn't run the ball. And the Rams were like basically running the ball down their throats. And it really alleviated a lot of the pressure on Stafford. No yeah. turnovers on the road. I mean, 55% success rate on 29 running plays. They held the ball the majority of the game, 24 first downs, like very good offensive for offensive performance from the Rams on the road at a good Baltimore defense. Yeah, and, and apologies if, if I have the exact number wrong, but if I remember correctly, I think they ran the ball nine straight times and got down to around the 10-yard line and then started throwing, and then like they ended up with, with a field goal. That, uh, that was their opening script of the game, right? Yeah. I think it was just all runs, and then they got in, inside the 10. It was three incompletions, I believe, in a row. Yeah, um, it was it was pretty interesting to see. And, I mean, somebody just put it in the chat about Lamar leaving a lot on the table. I feel like Lamar leaves a lot on the table every week. He has, like, he has the extreme range, right? Where, like, sometimes he just looks incredible, and he's making – play after play and some days he's now there was some some critical drops zay flowers had some big drops today but but odell beckham bailed him out on a few deep balls as well yeah. that were just like fuck these are amazing catches so yeah it's hard to say but um yeah that's interesting to me I, i'm very interested in the rams going forwards i thought this was like a good a good test for them in the sense of okay what is this offense now that they have a, a viable running game and can they do it in like a raucous road environment and they didn't win, but ultimately I thought they played pretty well in the game. All right. We're going to get into it here uh, for next week's games and God, the Thursday nighter, man. I again committed to doing live watch alongs of every Thursday night and Monday night football game for the rest of the year, year right here on forward progress. And I'm not stopping now. We've had some bad games, but this might turn out to be one of the worst games yet. Thursday night football, Clive. Well, Current market at Pinnacle. Yeah. Las Vegas Raiders at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. Spread in the game, Raiders minus three, plus 101. Total in the game opens at 34 and a half. Now, Obviously, got to start by saying Justin Herbert broke a finger today. He's not going to play on Thursday night. Easton Stick was the backup quarterback, came in today. We'll talk a little bit about that. Max Duggan is on their practice squad as well. 
should they want to go that way? I doubt at this point in the season with where the Chargers are, they're going to be signing a veteran quarterback. For the Raiders, they lose 3-0 to the Vikings today. Can't generate any offense whatsoever. Just abysmal offensive performance. Eight first downs, 201 total yards. Uh, I mean, 22% success rate on offense. I thought this was a typo. 22% success rate on offense. Ugly, ugly game. And on top of that, they lose Josh Jacobs to injury, walked off the field late. They lose their center, Andre James, who's not very good, but they're already without their left tackle, Colton Miller. So a lot of injuries, a lot of things to take into account here, Clive. I'll start with you. Any gut feel here on the early market, Raiders minus three and a total of 34 and a half. Stick looked like in the pocket when I was doing pocket drills in Madden, like at the expert level, and I had no pocket presence. Like I couldn't tell what was coming, and I was looking downfield. That's what it felt like. Um, now, he made a couple of decent throws, uh, but I could see why he would be overwhelmed today. I have a very hard time laying three with the Raiders to anybody with what I saw today. But at the same time, um, the Chargers look broken. So is – and it looks like lines are, are moving in, in kind of in different spots. Uh, 34 and a half just feels high for a number um, given this scenario. So that's probably where I'm leaning, that this goes down to 33, 33 and a half. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. So I think the early money is going to be on the under in this game. Uh, I have to do a lot of work on this. I'm not going to pretend like I have some sort of huge edge or no. I mean, Easton Stick, he made some good throws today. He also had like a throw that should have been a walk-in touchdown where he he gunned it like it was 110 mile an hour fast. <laughs> it was great. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> laughed out loud at how hard he threw that ball. Like, dude, your running back is wide open. Just lob it out there to him. I couldn't believe what I watched on that play, but I think the market's just going to bet this, this is going to kind of go in the direction of Patriots Steelers Thursday night football last week, where I think that it's just going to be under money. Um, the Raiders defense limits big plays. They play a, a style that's very conducive to under. That's where I see the early money going. I don't know whether or not that's a great play one way or another, yeah, I can't, I can't say I feel confident about anything without taking a look a little bit more. I mean, I saw more than I wanted to of the Raiders-Vikings game, but uh, there's just no offense on either side yeah. of this matchup. Totally agree. All right, uh, game number two on deck here. We have three Saturday games next week, which is beautiful. If, you're, if your spouse already hates you because you spend all day watching Sunday football, wait till you tell her you're watching Saturday football all day as well, which my wife is about to find out this week. She's in for a, a world of pain once that happens. Farmer's market ain't happening. Saturday Christmas shopping off the table because I'm going to be watching the Minnesota Vikings travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals on the road. Jake Browning... Looked like he got hurt today. Turned out to just be some cramps or something. No major injuries for the Bengals out of today's game. Uh, some major injuries for the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson gets absolutely destroyed by Marcus Epps over the middle of the field. So bad he had to go to hospital with a chest injury. They lose the right tackle, Brian O'Neill, today as well. 
They were missing the right guard at Ingram. So that's the right side of the offensive line. Market here, Clive, for this one is the Bengals minus four at home. The total in the game, 39 and a half. We don't know the quarterback yet for Minnesota, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it, this cannot be, they can't go back to Dobbs here, right? Like this has to be Nick Mullins at this point. I think so. Um, I mean, aren't they about the same at this point? Like really, like what are you trading for? It's what you want. I would almost treat it like a matchup from this perspective, right? Like if you want somebody who's going to be a little bit more mobile and you're going to move the pocket and do things like that, then you let Dobbs start. If you want to have more of a pocket presence type guy, let Mullins go. So I I, I mean, from a power rating perspective, they're probably pretty damn close to even. It's just what you want to try and do in offense. Yeah. I, I don't have an incredibly strong feel on this game either, if I'm being honest. So here's the problem. Um, and TK Stan says this Mullins was solid at San Fran. Patrick Mullins can be frisky. How much of that is Kyle Shanahan? Right. That's where I'm at. Right. Like how much of that is Shanahan versus like Mullins is definitely more pass game viable. And, and Dobbs is done. Dobbs is like Dobbs, a backup quarterback. Let's call it out for what is, it was a great story for a while, but he's a backup. He can't air it out downfield. He, 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 you know, he struggles in the pocket with his feet and his footwork a lot. He looks to the run very early sometimes. There's just a lot of problems with Nick Mullins all around. I just don't know. I, I mean, Browning looks good, but a lot of it was game plan today. How many screens did the Bengals have that went for like 50 yards today against the Colts? It was absurd. It was like all these dump offs. They were just going miles downfield. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, he is a beneficiary of a very talented offense and, and some good schemes. Um, I'm not going to go where I see a lot of people on Twitter saying he's as good as Joe Burrow and all this other shit. Um, I think that's a little excessive. I'm not really willing to go there yet. Um, but I, I, I think it's a vi- he can run that offense in a very viable way. I, I don't know what, what's going to happen with this number. I have a tough time predicting where the market is going to go on like relative unknowns. You have Jake Browning, who's an unknown. You have Nick Mullins, who's, let's say, less of an unknown, but still an unknown. The one thing, though, that was very noticeable for me today when I broke down Colts and Bengals was looking at Jake Browning's very small sample size numbers against the Blitz where he struggled. And the Colts don't blitz a lot. They played a lot of coverage. He still burned them anyways. I feel like the receivers, the weapons are good enough out there. They're incorporating like Chase Brown into the running game now or whatever. I kind of feel, and maybe I'm con- maybe I'm losing it, I kind of feel like the Bengals are a viable option going forwards. Not like the Burrow-like Bengals, but if they get decent enough quarterback play, I actually kind of want to see this team in the playoffs over some of the other teams that are in there right now. Yeah, I don't um, I don't think they're anywhere near as uh, – what's the right way to say this? Hampered by their backup because their system is, is okay. Um, you know, if you look at unpredictable, they're in the bottom third in terms of, you know, how they're, they're power rated. I don't think they should be. Um, I have them closer to middle, um, even with Jake Browning. So, I mean, 
what teams are clearly better than Cincinnati right now? Like, where do you draw the line? And would you'd say Houston with Stroud, providing he's okay. Would you say Green Bay is better than Cincy, or are you of them about equal? Uh, tough to say. Like, I, I don't have a confident rating on the Cincinnati Bengals. I honestly think Green Bay is better than Cincinnati. I, and honestly, if you asked me before today, if you asked me before today's games, I probably would have told you that like Minnesota is better than Cincinnati or at least in the same bucket, right? It, it feels like an inflated price, but I'm scared that I'm not catching up to the Bengals quickly enough. And maybe it's just one game against the Colts, right? Like maybe that that's it. But if this game was played today, there's absolutely no way, even if Nick Mullen starts, that we're at minus four. There's no, the Bengals no are being upgraded a lot in market. Yeah, and, and I actually I still think the Vikings are probably going to take a little bit of, of money. Um, I don't know where exactly where this should end without you know doing some serious work on my end, but I don't think this is going out to five or five and a half or anything like that. So I, I think if you like the Vikings, probably now is more the time to bet it. That's just where I'm at. I, I have a really hard time with this total, especially what I saw today from Minnesota. So. And, and especially it's it's going to be a mid-December game in Cincinnati. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. I, I did look at the early weather reports for next week. There could be a lot of precipitation on the east end, but that could change as we've seen it happen this week as well with all the changes that occurred. So you never know what's going to happen. Um, all right, let's keep it going. Second game on Saturday. Steelers off of a pretty embarrassing loss. The New England Patriots hit the road on extra rest to take on the Indianapolis Colts. Early market in the game, Colts minus two and a half at home. Total of the game is 41. Um, of note, in the, New England, uh, in the New England Pittsburgh game, PJ Watt got nailed in the head early in the game, came back in, but then after the game had some concussion-like symptoms. Who would have known? Who would have known that a hard hit to the head, he might have a concussion? He's dealing with that. Alex Highsmith is dealing with a concussion as well. Both of Pittsburgh's starting edge rushers. On the Indy side of things, no major injuries today. They were missing Braden Smith and Juju Brents again in the lineup. But no other significant injuries. This is supposed to be the classic Steelers voodoo spot, Clive. Like this is the this is the one, right? Where they look horrible and then now they're underdogs in a game where they don't have to win by margin and all of a sudden they figure out a way to win the game, right? This feels like a non-JJ Watt line or TJ Watt. This feels like a non-TJ Watt line or leaning heavily towards non-TJ Watt because I, I can't get to this number just based off of what happened. Like this is too big of an adjustment for this week, in my opinion. I personally think that this total is low. I I I, th I know it's the Steelers' offense. Uh, this this is kind of built into the. I don't know, but I think there's enough upside with both Watt and Highsmith having to clear protocol. the The chances that one of them will miss the game is probably relatively high. I still think the Colts are. Uh, a like extreme over dead nut over team. yeah yeah no defense when they play at home in good conditions they move the ball 
they do they there's all sorts of chaos turnovers and they're like I, I feel like 41 and now 41's key right so like for it to move off of this maybe not at the openers is not significant money but <laughs> as as i'm talking about it it's plot it's flying to 42 right now yeah but yeah it it feels low i, I mean if if bengals colts outdoors in cincinnati is going to close juiced over 44 today which it was and steelers are potentially missing one or two pass rushers i think that there's this number has to be higher yeah no i agree i think this is, should probably be 42 and a half 43 um I think that's a very, very legitimate argument. Like, there's no two ways about this. Like, the Colts can't stop anybody. So, I mean, what makes you think they're going to stop Pittsburgh? And like you said, if there are a couple of key players out, I think this makes it a nice over spot. You know, maybe look at the Steelers team total over two, depending on, you know, how you feel about that. So that's another option. Yeah, see, like, I, I don't like Mitch Trubisky, but I feel like the Steelers offense is incredibly – uh, suppressed having faced the Patriots defense, which is actually very good and has been playing very well for a while now versus other way around, you know, Colts defense, which yeah, has been know, trash all year. Just gives up yardage to everybody all the time. So uh, personally, I think the number is a little bit low. I don't know how far I'd go with it, but I, I mean, if, if Watt and Highsmith are out, like you can make a very good argument. This should be 44 or even higher than that. Like, honestly, if you're missing your two best pass rushers, one who's in the defensive player of the year conversation every year, I, I think that there's an argument to be made there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steelers have gone over 42 once this year. That's very interesting. I'm going to confirm that right now. Not to say I don't believe you, uh, geriatric, but uh, it's very important to me that I do get the stuff right. So Steelers 42. Yep. Just over 42 one time this year, and it was back in week two. They scored 48 points. Uh, average points in Steeler games is 35.4. Median points is 36. And the Colts? I think obviously, the other team matters too. Uh, Colts, average points in their games, 49.5. Median, 51. And if we're going to say the Steelers have only gone over 42 one time, the Colts have gone under 42 in only four of their games. So we're at draft, we're on opposite ends of the spectrum here. I still like yeah. the over. I still lean over. Yeah. All right. Uh Saturday night's game. It's the Denver Broncos off of another win. The resurgent Denver Broncos going on the road to Ford Field to take on the Detroit Lions. Early market. Lions minus three and a half, minus one twelve. At Pinnacle, total in the game is 46 and a half. Uh, you know, every now and then you get like one of those games where you kind of want to fade both teams and they end up playing each other. Yeah. This is this is one of those for me personally. I I mean both uh like I feel like Denver's probably at the absolute peak of what their value is, and I don't think they're all that good. Yeah, so like, you know, RW fan says, feels like Denver takes money. Probably. This, this, there, there would be not another week this season where the line would have been three and a half in this game. We want to agree on that? 
Oh, for sure. Is that fair to say? Like yeah. if they played, if Denver played at Detroit any week of the season, one, two, three, whatever, the line I don't think at any point would have been three and a half. That's my personal opinion on it. So it's either maybe early in the year, maybe like week one, first couple weeks of the season where Denver was considered something else. But this dynamic has shifted for them. They got they've gotten healthier on defense. They just they they seem to manage to always find like all the breaks seem to go their way. It's hard for me to explain it. It's kind of like Vikings last year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like today, Justin Herbert, you know, the, the the interception where he threw it directly into the defensive lineman's hands, like I don't know how they do it. I don't know how the Broncos do it. Now they got away with some stuff today too, because Jerry Judy dropped like three million balls downfield that he could have caught. Yep. Yeah, that was painful. Like at some point, the Lions have to. I mean, they they might not. I just talked about how they've been bad for five weeks coming out of the bye week. So I mean, even this week they probably would have been four and a half, maybe maybe five or five and a half, even like I. I think that's reasonable. Like this just feels like an over an overcorrection. Yeah, I, I I don't like the 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 challenge I have with with Denver is that like statistically speaking, they really don't do anything well outside of usually limiting turnovers on offense and generating a bunch on defense. And that's not just all luck. Like some of that is is a little bit repeatable. Yeah. But it does feel to me like we're starting to hit a top on like a, a market top on the Broncos. Yeah, it looks like four and a half was was the look ahead like about a week ago and 47 and a half, which makes sense. I mean, I, I don't feel like we're going to see a ton of points in this game instinctively, but maybe that's just because I've been watching Detroit the last few weeks and it just hasn't looked good. And Denver's left points on the table. There are a lot of like Dan Campbell trends. Like Detroit home games tend to have a lot of high score are are tend to be high scoring. Um, their splits, home, road to home, are very different. I don't know. It's just a, it's another game where I don't really have a a great feel, one way or another, on it personally. Um, it's kind of in no man's land. I definitely wouldn't be grabbing the Lions at three and a half here because you have a lot more upside if you're if you want Detroit, you have a lot more upside if you're just gonna wait for the three. Tough one for me, Clive. Honestly, not not a strong thought at this moment. No, not me. And I, I probably it's it's hard to take too much from the, the Denver game today as well. Um I, I, I just don't have a very strong feeling either way i i i want to bet the total under but i think that's just because i'm pissed at what i saw from detroit today and i think what you said is probably a little bit more realistic i can't take my bias out of it all right um okay we got six games already lined for sunday as well which we'll cover here uh on the latter half of the show today and we'll start with uh an nfc south battle great beautiful (laughs) Carolina Panthers returning home and they're hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta laying three minus 101 on the road. 
and the total in the game is 35 and a half. Um, uh, how I do mean, you, how do you, what number would you want to back the Panthers even at home? Uh, it's tough. I, I, I don't, I, the Panthers are terrible. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. They're the, this was the price that I backed them at against the Houston Texans. I still have no idea how they won that game. It, the, the thing is, Carolina's defense at home is very good. Has been for the majority of the year. They have some sort of like, not to the same extent, but some like Cleveland Browns-like splits where they've performed a lot better at home than they have on the road. Atlanta today, missing their starting center, their starting right tackle. They lost their left tackle, Jake Matthews. This is like the worst Atlanta injury report all year because they were a very, very healthy team for a long time, and now they're not. Carolina loses another guard. You got two teams that are going to have bad offensive line play. One of the teams just literally cannot generate any yardage whatsoever against anybody. I know it's a low total, but you also have the potential of like inclement weather on the East Coast, potential of rain. I kind of like the under in this game. Well, yeah, I think you're going to have two coaches, too, that are really going to try and draw out the clock running the ball and, and whatever. Like, regardless of whether it's working or not, they're going to just try and run the ball. Arthur Smith's awful. I mean, but um, shockingly enough, Ritter statistically actually had a really strong game today. And I think we talked about it a little bit earlier before. I think he threw for 350 yards or something ridiculous. He did, but the like the Bucks defense – has injuries for one oh, and, and they had and they like they had more injuries in game uh carlton davis ryan neal uh, like more secondary injuries it's different like carolina's defense is solid in my yeah, opinion especially on the back end the back end of that defense is very good you might be able to run on them and atlanta's going to be like looking to lick their chops and run the ball as is carolina because that's all they can do well tick 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 tick, tick 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 like you know, I, I just don't see a lot of offense in this game. No, I think you're going to really. see a lot of punts. Or, no, you're going to see a lot of punts. Um, I I think the under is worth a look. Like, that's – and I think it's already moving. Um, so, there you go. <laughs> what, what, what do you – what do you th- – what's more likely to happen in this game? Atlanta goes to three and a half or Atlanta goes to two and a half? Uh, the injury report makes it very difficult for me to say with Atlanta and their, their offensive line, um, gun to my head. I don't think anybody wants to back Carolina, but I still don't think anybody wants to give up, wants Atlanta to give up three on the road. So at this number, I do think it goes more to two and a half than I do to three and a half. I'm with, I'm with you. I, I will have – if it comes off three, I will have interest in Atlanta. But I, I do think from, like, power rating perspectives, season-long numbers, stuff like that, it's it's going to be tough for anyone. Like, Atlanta rarely wins by margin, right? And I know this is a bad team. Like, quality of competition matters. But I think there's more people who are going to think Carolina are alive in this game than Atlanta is going to win by margin. It's ugly, but that's what I think of the game. Yeah. Real, real tough one. Real tough one. We'll keep it moving on Sunday next week. 
Uh, Cleveland Browns staying at home, taking on the Chicago Bears, heading out on the road there. The Cleveland Browns laying three, minus 116 right now at Pinnacle. Total in the game is 38. The Browns have announced, Kevin Stefanski announced post-game today, that Joe Flacco will start for Cleveland for the remainder of the season. Uh, Chicago, clean bill of health, pretty much. We're only missing Equinemius St. Brown today. No new injuries there. Cleveland already had some O-line issues. And they lost their center, uh, Ethan Pozik, today as well. So more issues on the Cleveland offensive line. See, like this is opposite of Denver-Detroit for me, where I want to fade both of those teams. I kind of want to back both of these teams, and they're playing one another. Um, the way that the market is shaded right now, it does seem very likely that Cleveland will move off of the three to three yeah. and a half, right? But I, I I have interest in Chicago in these underdog prices, man. Like they're they're a lively team right now. Their defense is playing well. Fields is still not great throwing the ball, and his success rate showed that today. But he's playing much better. He he is. Um so in terms of the matchup itself, right, from from a defensive standpoint, Cleveland has done well against quarterbacks who tend to be a little bit more mobile. I mean, Fields really isn't beating you a ton downfield unless he's beating you with his legs first. So I, I, this feels like a really rough matchup for him. But under the same token, with this Browns offense, I don't know that I want them to win – not that I want them, that I think they're really going to win by – by margin either. So three and a half seems like a tough number to lay in this spot. Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird. I, I have to pull up fields numbers um, and, and the splits between man and zone, because stylistically, if you're a mobile quarterback, you would want to see more man coverage more often than not. And the reason why is when you're facing man coverage, a lot of times, the opposing defenders have their backs turned to you. They're running with their receivers yes. downfield, and you just have more opportunity to pick up yardage than if you were facing zone. And, yeah, Fields this year is 33rd in EPA against zone coverage, 14th against man. The Browns play the most man coverage in the entire league. So, And they're going to keep doing that because that's their bread and butter, especially if they get Denzel Ward back next week who they missed this week as well that to me is conducive to what fields wants to do um i i think the number's fine here but it, if we do get this shift out towards cleveland i'm probably going to have some interest in the bears at three and a half yeah it's it it would be bears or nothing for me if it gets to to three and a half for sure and even like a juice three isn't like particularly intriguing to me right now. And I, I honestly don't know what to do with the total, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Bears I think it's better. Yeah. I, I think what's challenging, at least what I find challenging is that two of the last three bears games have come against the lions defense. And it's like, 
okay, no shit that they're able to move the ball against this defense, right? That's fair. And this is a good point from Mickey Hill. Big leap from the Lions D to Browns D. So that that adds an element of uncertainty. But I do like, I do think styles make fights sometimes. And I much prefer fields against man. Hmm. I'm going to have to do a lot more work on this game. Nothing yeah. stands out to me as like an, an egregious price though here overall. No, I mean, when you look at their games too, like who they've, they played the Vikings, they put a 12 points, Panthers, 16, Saints, 17, Chargers, 13. It's going to be tough for them, I think, against this this defense, even with Fields. And I know um, Fields didn't play all those games. I'm just yeah. What The Saints one was Bajant, I think, right? That was the Sunday night football. Uh, sorry, not Saints. Was it Saints? Yeah. I have a horrible memory. It was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Keep it moving here. Four more games to get to, and then general thoughts on the games that haven't opened up yet. Um, it looks like this game was good, originally scheduled to be the Sunday nighter and they flexed it out. Um, Patriots extra rest hosting the Kansas city chiefs, uh, early market chiefs minus 10 plus one Oh two total 37 and a half. Um, all right, let's see what we got here. Um, New England had like no skill position players on Thursday night football and they won. Kansas city has no skill position players, even when they're healthy, because these guys can't catch the ball for some reason or another. Uh, my first thought is that it does feel a little bit high of a number, but do I like considering Patriots on extra rest? The likelihood that New England gets some players back, which weren't in the lineup last week. I got to see, is Demario Douglas on IR? Devontae Parker probably be back because he practiced last week. Demario Douglas. Oh, man, I can't even I can't even think about this. Like, this is, this is the Chiefs get right game, right? Like, this is the one. It is. Um, the Patriots... Defense has not been terrible. I mean, this is a pretty low total, too. Chiefs offense also hasn't been Dude, this, wonderful. This is a cheat, a Patrick Mahomes total of 37 and a half. And yeah. honestly, my initial gut was towards the under. My initial gut was towards the under. The, the, the Bill Belichick is going to take Travis Kelsey out of this game. Okay, he's going to make these 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 Chiefs receivers beat him. The Patriots defense is playing really well. Like this is a big adjustment. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But like this is very much in the range of like twenty to six Kansas City type of final. Yeah, you know, they're, they're they're not lighting the earth on fire with their offense right now. No, this is a, a 24-13 game, like roughly implied. Like that's. Implied. I mean, they just scored 17 points at home to the Bills defense. 19 against the Packers. 17 against the Eagles four weeks ago. 21 against the Dolphins. Like, this isn't the, the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs wide receivers are broken. Like, they might as well be replacement players for the most part, other than um, Rice. 
Like five of their last six games, they've scored twenty four points or less. Twenty one points or less. Yeah, I mean, mean, like I, I was, I, I remember all these games, but in my head, I'm not thinking. Like it was really just the Raiders game a couple weeks ago. Raiders defense is very, very different. I, 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 here's one thing I'll say about the Patriots. I'm not getting fooled into like Bailey Zappi or whatever and the Patriots offense being anything. They sure. started the game hot. They started the game well against the Steelers. As time went on, the offense got worse in that game overall. You look at what they did overall. I mean, 5.5 yards per play, that's a decent offensive performance for them. They had a 32% success rate on offense last week at the Steelers. They're not going to move the ball successfully against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, realistically, what should they have probably lost that game by three or four points? Probably, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, wow, I, I can't believe that. I feel like I, I like the look of the under in this game because I do. Yeah, so do I. And I'm, I'm, I. It's going to take me some time to get there. And I might, I might just be like, look like a complete idiot when all is said and done, like a complete moron. So I was very tempted to take the Chiefs team total under today, and I, I didn't pull the trigger. Um, but I'm wondering if the Patriots team total under is probably the right play next week in this game too. It's going to be so low, though. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Fair. Fair. Yeah, I'm sure you're aware that it's going to be a low team total. Um, like two touchdowns. Are you going to get two touchdowns? Probably not. Like. Yeah, touchdown and two field goals is is probably it feels like that's their ceiling. My I mean, team total is going to be thirteen and a half, right? Yeah, it's probably posted at Pinnacle already, Zach. If we can uh, just expand that, they usually have the team totals here in the early going. Um, maybe not. Maybe I maybe I misremember, like Andy Pettit with the steroids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just a tough look, and, and I I'd have a hard time taking the Chiefs laying ten. So what is it? 13 and a half even? Big free? Do big? 13 and a half. Yeah. 13 and a half. Oh my God, man. Oh Lord. Uh yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird because um my my gut after I watched Buffalo to the Buffalo KC game today was you know, KC's broken, somewhat broken. I'd like to continue fading them. And then we got to this game and I'm like, of course it has to be the Patriots, you know, of course. And that's not to say the Patriots can't cover, but how many times I've been burned by this trash team this year. True. I just don't see a lot of points here. I don't see no. a lot of points. And, and you think about how Belichick's going to game plan on both sides of the ball. Like they're going to want to take away Kelsey. They're going to want to try and keep everything in front. And they're probably going to want to do as much ball control as possible on offense to the point where they want to probably milk the clock as crazy as they can, which is not going to be the easiest thing to do. Casey's defense is not bad. Um, But I think that's what Belichick wants to do. But also like you just the one last thing I'll add on this, which again, it's a, it's a, it's a small total, but the last thing I'm going to add on this is that both of these coaches are like dead nut under coaches in their in-game decision-making. You know what I'm getting at? 
Yeah. Like if the Patriots have the ball fourth and one at midfield, they're punting and they're pinning the Chiefs deep. Andy Reid's doing the same thing. Like you're not getting the aggressive Dan Campbell go for every fourth down, you know. True. You're getting the one of like, let's play the field position game and let our defense work. So tough one, but that's, uh, man, I'm going to, I'll be thinking long and hard about that under this week. All right. Keep it moving along here. Pretty big, big mismatch here in the NFC West. Got the Arizona Cardinals hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Early market in this game. 49ers minus 14 plus 105. That's essentially a minus 13 and a half number. Uh, so minus 13 and a half, the early line there. The total in the game, 46 and a half. Um, and as we have it open on the screen right now, because... I want to talk about this. The 49ers team total is 30 and a half. Today, I did lose a bet. Mm. I lost very few bets today. One of the bets I lost today was on the 49ers team total over 28 and a half. They ended 28 because Brandon Ayuk fumbled <laughs> twice on the Seattle side of the field. Outside of that, the 49ers offense today had 527 yards of offense they had 9.9 yards per play conditions are going to be fine here it's arizona uh are the are like san fran team total over is that like am i out to lunch here like that to me honestly i might just lay the, the points with san fran i think a lot of people are just going to talk themselves into arizona coming off the bye week and whatever but San Fran is going to score on pretty much every possession, in my opinion. And that's, yeah. that's assuming, like, Arizona had injuries pre-buy to their cornerbacks, to their wide receivers. So maybe they get some health here. And, like, that coupled with the fact that San Fran had some injuries on defense today, uh, Javon Hargrave, Oren Burks, maybe there's, like, some early Arizona money in market here. But... The, the discrepancy between these two teams is massive. Oh, for sure. And, and the Cardinals' defense is really, 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 really – I one week off is not enough to prepare. Um, so from a game plan perspective, they just still don't have enough talent to keep up with what this San Francisco offense is. So I, I have a very difficult time. I don't know that – I would take the total over. I'm more interested in, I guess, probably just laying the points, to be honest, with San Francisco. Yeah, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna depend on how the defensive injuries for San Fran play out over the course of the week here. I could see myself having interest in the over if San Fran is missing some players. It's a tough one. I hate these big spread games. I I usually avoid these types of big spread games, but that San Fran team total is calling my name. I'll tell you right now. It's the squarest thing ever. I get it. Like, I get it. Well, listen, in the Thanksgiving stream, that was the bet that I made. I took the team total San Fran over. It was against Seattle. Um, same thing. It's not who, – who's stopping this offense without a um, – Without a very, 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 very strong defense. Like, if there's weaknesses, Shanahan will find it, and 
these skill guys will absolutely just go to town. It's a matter of the matchup and who it's going to be this week. Well, I, I mean, wh- when they have Trent Williams and they have Debo Samuel, they score on everybody. And yeah. they move the ball on everybody. It's just what they do. And this is one of the worst defenses in the league from a pure talent perspective. So um, I just, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to quickly look at the 49ers schedule to see who they play the week afterwards. To make, and on Christmas, they play the Ravens on Sunday night football. So there's your answer as to maybe they potentially just want to get out of the game healthy for that Ravens game. Yeah. That could be something. Maybe it's 49ers first half. It's 49ers in some capacity. Yeah, it's just a matter of what you want to do with it. Exactly. And I can't, I can't, because of what the game state might be, I can't take like the Cardinals under either without really thinking about it. Like the Cardinals team total under, I just can't. I I think there's going to be market appetite for Arizona in this game. I do. Because before the buy, I mean, they're decimated at receiver, right? That Marquise Brown, Michael Wilson, their top two receivers were like really banged up. They were missing one of their starting corners, Antonio Hamilton. They were missing their nickel corner, uh, Starling Thomas. Like it's it's a beat up team that has the luxury of the buy to get healthy, get those players back now. I just don't know that it matters against a team of this quality. Yeah, agreed. All right, keep it going here. Another team that was on the bye this week was the Washington Commanders. They return and head out on the road to the LA Rams. Uh, Early market is Rams minus seven plus 102. Kind of like a 6.75 number. Total in the game, 48 and a half in this one, which is kind of a little bit disappointing for me if if I'm being completely honest with you. I was yeah, hoping these are two over for, teams for sure. Yeah. I was hoping for a little bit of a smaller number um, to bet the over in this game because I do think that the Rams are going to score. The Rams offense with Kyron Williams is like night and day. It, it's just it's just different. Like it's it they're just built different at this point. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a 2021 roughly implied. So, I mean, Christ, I I think the Rams could shoot over that. And I think the commanders can go higher too. Like, I think this game could play pretty fast, in all honesty, um, even at this number. I I think the six and a half to seven is is fine. Um, I, I, I don't have an appetite at the commanders at even like seven, but – that's just instinct. I, I have to look a little bit more. I, I, I think there might I I'm trying to think of Washington's pre bye week game was the Dolphins, right? They got smoked 45-15. There was really no appetite for Washington in that game. There does not seem to be a bunch of market support for Washington. Let's put it that way. Um no, the Cowboys just, and the Giants beforehand, too. I think the the opponents got money in both those games, too, if I remember correctly. The Cowboys did for sure. And the Giants was kind of like a back and forth, but ultimately, I guess, relative to the open, they caught money as well. Uh, I do see this as a matchup where the Rams are going to move the ball fairly successful. You look at the three games since Williams has been back. They put up 37 at the Cardinals. They put up 36 at home to the Browns. Good defense. They put up 31 on the road at the Ravens. Good defense. Like, 
somewhat of a juggernaut offense right now. Uh, today, though, a couple injuries. The right tackle, Rob Havenstein, got hurt. I think Tutu Atwell had like a concussion or maybe he was just evaluated for a concussion, but I recall him getting smoked on the sideline and uh, he looked like he was in rough shape. Um, just the numbers a little bit outside of my range right now, I would say. I, I expected like a 47. That would have been my guess. And we're got 48 and a half. Yeah, the, the early numbers, this has moved a decent amount since the look ads. Were they were were they around forty seven or even lower? Uh, one book was forty six, another book was forty six, and this was last week. So yeah, the 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 adjustments have already been made dramatically for this Rams offense. Mm-hmm. It's really unfortunate. Like Washington is a Washington is a dead nut over team as well. Oh, like, for sure. I mean, I, I I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but like. When was the last time Washington didn't play a game that went into the 50s? So it was the Patriots game. It was 20 to 17. Ah, I remember that one. The game before that was the Eagles. They lost 31-38. And then before that, it was the Giants 7-14. But almost, they have been hit for 31, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 times and 29 another. So it's been 30 points a lot. I believe the NFL trade deadline was on Halloween, October 31st, right? So it's really the games after that that I care about because they traded away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So the first game after that was an under. It was against the Patriots. I mean, okay. like I'll, the First of all, the commanders aren't going to move the ball on the Patriots because the Patriots defense good. Second of all, the Patriots don't move the ball on anyone. So, you know, not a big concern there either. But the rest of these games... I mean, Giants popped 31 on them. Tommy DeVito. Tommy D. I mean, the Cowboys and Dolphins back-to-back put up 45 on this D. That's not to say that the Rams are in that boat, because they aren't, but they're like in the next tier, I'd say, right now of offenses. No, I think 31 to 34 is not an – that feels like around the middle of the range where you would expect this – Rams team to score with as this commander's team plays. Okay. Washington was fully broken on both sides of the ball versus Miami. Yes, they were Brian, like a hundred percent. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're just, they're not a, a very good team. The only thing that concerns me about betting an over in this type of game is the same thing as the, as the chiefs Patriots is that you get the fourth and one at midfield McVay punts and Rivera punts. And you get like, you know, you lose that upside, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, you get get truncated drives. You don't get the total expected points that you should out of a drive. You're minimizing your value. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'd be very interested when I run my Sims on this game to see what I come up with because it feels like a a big time over to me, but that number also does seem fairly high. Um, Okay, last game that's lined for next week is, I believe, our Sunday night football game, which was flexed into that spot. It's the Ravens going out on the road to take on the Jags. Ravens laying three and a half 
plus 103 away from home. That's like, again, in between a three and a three and a half type of number. Total in the game is 44. Ravens and Jags. Uh, neither of these teams put in an impressive performance today. Baltimore ended up winning in overtime. Jacksonville, I mean, they end up losing. And and like Jacksonville's defense, it's I don't fun. know what's happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But it's fallen off a cliff. It's it's going towards the Jags defense that we thought they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and uh I kind of like the look at the over early here. The only concern, like I'm not gonna be like the weather guy a week out, but I did look at the Florida weather for next week for Sunday, and it looked like bad rain. Mm. So I don't know that. And this is what makes this incredibly challenging. 44 sure. is a key number, right? If yeah. you don't fire now on 44 and it's clear, you you risk losing the number altogether. But I'm kind of with you on this. The, the, the high ankle sprain for Trevor Lawrence, it didn't seem to be that bad today. They were running him still. There was a lot going on. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that look. I really don't. No, and I don't think the Ravens' defense has been particularly amazing either. So I, I kind of want to watch back a little bit and see what Trevor Lawrence looked like today because I didn't see a ton of the, the Cleveland game because that game felt like it was out of reach so often uh, until the end where it didn't really get into one possession. Um, that's just my initial instinct. My, my, first, my first gut instinct was I like the Jags getting the hook. That was my first gut instinct on this. Um, but they lost. They traded for Ezra, Ezra Cleveland from Minnesota at the trade deadline. They lost him today, their left guard. They were missing Walker Little, who's subbing in at left tackle for Cam Robinson, who's on IR at left tackle. O-line injuries are really starting to mount for them. And with... Uh, who, who's on IR for them at receiver? Um, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk got put on IR. Like without Christian Kirk and even Jamal Agnew, this wide receiving core is is trash, man. Like it's Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Parker Washington, Tim Jones. I I I kind of have to watch Jacksonville a little bit further today to see if this was. Cleveland's offense or Cleveland's defense. What's going on there? Subjectively, the feel is like, yeah, I kind of want to get the hook with the Jags at home. Yeah, as I'm looking through the schedule and who Jacksonville's played too, like it feels like they've – the Bills are the, the best team, the best win that they have, but that was overseas. Yep. They, I mean, they got, they got fucking curb stomped by the 49ers at home. Yeah, um, they beat the Titans at home handily, but it's the Titans. Jackson or the Houston game last week was a test. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, Bengals. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't think Jacksonville's defense is – I think they went to town on some bad teams early and then a little fraudulent. But yeah. – can they hold up their end of the bargain in the 44 points? That I'm not sure. Yeah, 
I, I, I don't know what to make of the Jags right now. I don't. They're starting to play more towards what I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, and I'll honestly, like the Ravens are, are very much, there's like Harbaugh today. Harbaugh's like punting in situations he never used to punt. I don't even know who the Ravens are anymore either. Like I have no clue what's going on with that team. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I don't have good reads this week. I don't have a lot of good early reads, unfortunately. Well, the ones that I think we we talked about have already kind of moved a little bit. So, like you talked about Pittsburgh Colts, like that's moved a little bit. Um, the Chargers Raiders number has moved down from a total perspective. Yep. Bears Browns has stayed the same. Carolina Atlanta took some under money as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, real. I, you know. It doesn't take a ton of money to move the market at this time. It could just be people watching the show, which is entirely possible as well. So I don't want to pat myself on the back just yet. We'll see if this survives the course of the week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I guess it's increasingly more challenging at this point of the year when you have uh, larger samples on uh, on these teams and we kind of know what they are. It's just the teams that are, you know, moving a little bit in one direction that uh, we didn't anticipate happening uh curious for those in the chat um anything that you guys hit already that you thought was really strong value or something that's still out there on the board right now that you think is worth a look i'd be curious to see that um i know it's it's actually kind of sounds like a broken record at this point probably with me like oh it's it's tough i don't see a lot of value but especially in december uh it's super hard because of the weather in these games which makes an impact I don't want to bet super early on a lot of this stuff um, without knowing that. Nicholas likes the over in Baltimore-Jacksonville. Got it on the other side of, of 44, though. Uh, Bears against the Browns. Nolan Rundle under KC 37.5. Barton. This might be the route I go. San Fran first half, minus 7.5 against the Cardinals. Oh, man, this is a great number. Raiders under 35.5. Uh, Tampa Bay-Green Bay. Over 42 and a half. So that's not lined yet at Pinnacle because Green Bay plays tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. But subjectively, I'm going to agree with this because um, big time injuries, big, big time injuries for Tampa Bay in the secondary. Uh, already with Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis gets hurt, hurt today. Ryan Neal, that's three quarters of their starting secondary. So I do think that that's a great grab on any number that's posted there on uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay over in that game. Um, oh, my God. Let's talk about this before we sign off, Clyde, yeah. as the last game. Uh, C.J. Stroud concussed today. Mm -hmm. um, if Davis Mills is back in there, like are we just basically pricing the Texans as they were a year ago at this point? I – yeah, I mean, instinctively, what's the difference in the two? I don't know, five, six points, something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this is this might actually sound insane. First of all, I must say the Houston offense was abysmal today, terrible. Even before Stroud got hurt, they sucked. They couldn't do anything. They had two point six yards per play, twenty seven percent success rate against the Jets. 
horrendous offensive performance, 135 total yards. With that said, I actually think Stroud is underrated because this coaching staff is a joke. The, well, the fact yeah. that D'Amico Ryans is up there for coach of the year, I get it from where they came last year to where they are now. They put this guy in the worst possible situations. And today was just an absolute disaster. Wide receiver injuries, obviously Tank Dell, but Nico Collins as well. Um, it, it, it's, it's a mess for that team right now. But for God's sakes, enough of the run, run, pass, where this guy's got to complete a third and eight against the Jets defense every single time because it's not going to work well. No, that's not what you want to do with the matchup that you had either. I mean, I get that the Jets are, you know, a relatively strong defense, but you got to give your team some chances to move the ball in early downs. And so that was the game I had on to the right. I live in Jersey. Most people probably listening know that at this point. Um, So that game had to be on. To your point, right, you're just not setting him up for success at all giving third and long, I, like, I kind of want to see our, you know, RBSDM and see what the early down success rate was. Yeah, it, I, it looked ugly. Okay. So D'Amico Ryan's is not calling offensive plays. I, I don't like when this happens because the head coach has some D'Amico Ryan's is a defensive head coach. I hate hiring defensive head coaches because they get uber conservative in a lot of these situations and they want to trust their defense. Bobby Slowick is the one calling the offensive plays. I get that. But it's the Todd Bowles like thing that what they do in Tampa Bay too, right? Like you have that bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. It's the same same type of shit. Okay, running backs don't matter here. Look at the series success rate. Absolute disaster. Scroll down uh, really quickly here, Zach. So yeah. we can see CJ Stroud's numbers uh in particular. Okay, early down, first and second, early rush, 28% success rate on 18 plays. That's all early in the game. The rest of these early down passes all come when the Jets have now mustered like a, a couple touchdown lead. They need to stop doing this. It's a disaster for them. And the reason, I mean, I'm upset that CJ Stroud is hurt. I don't like seeing quarterbacks get hurt, contrary to prop popular belief by some of the forward progress crew. But I don't like seeing other people get hurt. The other reason I didn't want to see CJ Stroud get hurt is because they play at the Tennessee Titans next week. And if there's one thing Tennessee cannot do, it is stop the pass. And they yeah. will get shredded for 400 yards against C.J. Stroud, but we're probably not going to have that opportunity because that looked like a pretty bad uh, concussion. And honestly, might have to look the other way now because, like I said, Nico Collins gets hurt. Uh, will Anderson gets hurt. Blake Cashman gets hurt. Uh, their nickel corner, Tavir Thomas, gets hurt. Like Houston had the worst injuries of any team in the – in the league today by a mile. So tough one. Yeah. Tough one. Well, I think that's it. Had a great day. Broke down next week. More breakdowns of next week coming up tomorrow, right here on forward progress, 2 PM. Eastern time, 2 PM. Eastern time. Cleave TA, Suma, G stack, George, they're all here. They'll recap the week. That was, the look ahead to two Monday night football games and you're in for a treat tomorrow because the Miami Dolphins are on Monday night football tomorrow. G-Stack George, the biggest Miami Dolphins homer on the planet. I'm sure I'll be talking about a lot of that early on in the day, 2 p.m. Eastern time. I'm back here tomorrow night 
for two games. Who knows what I'll be watching? Hmm. Will I channel surf? Will I keep one game going? I have no clue. But we're going to figure it out tomorrow night. Join me back here on Forward Progress. Last thing I'll ask, if you're not listening to this live, you're listening to this after the fact, late Sunday night, Monday morning, whatever, on your podcast platform, drop us a review. Please rate and review five stars if you enjoy this pod with myself and Clive. Appreciate everyone in the chat. And yes, Arthur, G-String is going to be insufferable tomorrow. hundred percent. Without a doubt, he is going to be insufferable. For myself, Rob Pizzola, for Clive Bixby, for our producer behind the scenes today, Zach Phillips. This has been another edition of Forward Progress, part of the Hammer Betting Network, presented by Pinnacle Sportsbook. We're back in action tomorrow. Stay tuned, everyone else. Have a good night. Peace out. 